Welcome to the first episode of Just Thinking. Me and my dad. I'm 26. My dad is turning how old this year? I'm turning 75. Yeah, see, I don't know that either. So we're about 49 years apart, right? Yep, something like that. So I was born when you were, oh, I guess like a week before you turned 49. Right? No. A week before you turned 50? When were you born? <laughs> 95. <laughs> So at 92, so let's see, uh, oh no, 90, oh, you were born in 95, so 97, I was how old, 47, 97, 97, I was 50, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so you were exactly right. That's crazy, I yeah. was really old when you were born. I know, I talk, <laughs> it always comes up because um, just anytime anything comes up with like family members and stuff, I'm like. I'm like, yeah, I always like to throw it out there because it's interesting and people are always surprised. I'm like, yeah, my dad's, you know, 75 this year. And they're like, how old are you? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but no, I, was, um, I listened to a podcast. It's uh, His name's Theo Vaughn. He's a comedian. And his dad was like 70 when he had him. Oh, my goodness. So, like, when he was a kid, like, 5 to 10, his dad was like 75, 80. Yeah. So, his dad's... That's um, weird. Oh, yeah. Well, he has a very interesting... Um, raising coming up i guess yeah because yeah he has interesting stories but yeah i meet very few people that have a parent that's older than me mom tends to be closer in age but even then i mean mom older yeah, yeah but it, i feel like in utah people have kids quite young yeah because i talked to Kara. her mom is uh you know she like 45 or something and we're only a few years apart so mom's got 15 years on Kara's mom yeah but you know. Well, didn't she have a child in high school, though, or no? Not quite high school. I think it was kind of like a Leanne situation. So it was like 18, 19. It was pretty early. Yeah. They have multiple generations in their family um, that had kids young, right. per se. So, I mean, they have five generations living. Uh, that's so a, Yeah, so Kira's great-grandma's alive, grandma, mom, and then her and her sister, and her sister has a child. So, yeah. That's it's a cool picture. They have a picture of all five generations, and they're all girls. It's a pretty cool picture, yeah, but yeah, it's always interesting talking to Kara's care about her family dynamic because it's just so different. They kind of have a Utah family dynamic or what I think of as a Utah family dynamic yeah. where everyone lives down the street from each other yeah. and everyone's known each other their whole lives. They have cousins and everything in the area. But they're not LDS, which is um kind of... Some are, some aren't. Oh, some are. Yeah, so if I'm correct, Kara's grandma and a like one of her kids are still active members, the rest are not, and then I believe Kira's sister was baptized at a young age, but never was um, active. And I think Kira Kira was not baptized. I think her mom is. So Kira so, might have pioneer ancestors. Yeah, it could. Well, I mean, her dad. So her um, Derek, um, her real dad. Also, his half of his family is LDS too. So I bet she's got pioneers. I, I have no idea. Yeah. Apparently, um, Dwight Yoakam is like a great uncle. I don't know who that is. Dwight, um, he's a, I think he's a country singer. Oh, I've heard that name. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you always say, Rat Fink. Yeah. It's like a dated thing. So when I say it, no one, everyone's like, who's Rat Fink? Yeah. So like when I first heard Dwight Yoakam, I was like, I've never heard of them, but I, I've heard of a few songs of them. Um, yeah, I'm his. sure I have too. It's a unique last name. I was surprised when I was setting up the email um, that just Finkin wasn't taken. Yeah. You'd yeah. think someone with the last name of Fink, yeah, right? Yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah. Uh, right, Fink is probably taken, though. 
Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. A lot of things I try to do with my name, Sam, is all, they're always terrible. <laughs> Every, yeah, everything's a lot Sam. of Sam's no, yeah. I guess there's not as many things, but. Well, it's funny because I was at work today and the TA I was working with, uh, she said she's in her 40s. And I thought, originally I thought, well, she could be one of my grandchildren, you know. Mm-hmm. But then I thought, oh, no, probably a daughter. But I don't know. Maybe she could have been a grandchild because if she's. If you, if you had a child earliest, 18, we'll say. Yeah. No, could be. Grandchild. Yeah, it could yeah, be grandchild. Grand. If you had a kid when you were 20, and then your kid had a kid when you he was 20, or That's she true. was 20, true. then yeah, it could be. Yeah, it's crazy. Our, <clears throat> the generations in our family are so spread out. They are. Well, they won't be for long, because Leanne had her first kid when she was 19, right? Yeah. Or was she pregnant at 19 and had Andrew when she was 20? One or the other, but either way. <clears throat> but yeah, it'll be, uh, it'll compress things. Yeah. Which I think is more common in Utah for whatever reason. I don't, you know, whatever reason. I mean, obviously, you were particularly late to the game, regardless. <laughs> but then I feel like people in Utah are quite early. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's kind of like polar opposite. Well, it's interesting that Alan, I got married much later, but Alan didn't get married until he was 26. Yeah. So that's pretty old compared to. Yeah, most LDS. But he lived in California. Well, yeah, that's true, but he was enmeshed in the LDS culture, you know, and so it's a little later for some. I personally feel that there is a overall LDS culture, and then there's a Utah LDS culture. Yeah, oh, I agree. I mean, I don't, that's how I perceive it as an adult, I guess. Well, even when we moved here, I mean... We noticed it. Yeah, being a Latter-day Saint in um, California was so much different yeah. than it is in Utah. Because in Utah, you're one in the ev- one in the same with ev- almost everyone else. Yeah, that's right. All your neighbors, you know, your community. California, I mean, I was very young, but I don't remember it the same way. I remember everyone being very spread out. We had to yeah. drive a lot further. It wasn't as many churches, obviously. True. But, um, yeah. It's quite different. One care will bring up things. She'll always say things in our family. She's like, "Oh, it's a Mormon thing," and then like her family's eating Jello for every meal, and I'm <laughs> so like, "I'm just... like that is a like Mormon like the way you think of it is different than how I think of it," and I'm like, "I think it's more of a Utah thing than it is like just overall an LDS thing." Well, because my my mom made Jello a lot, yeah, and she was not LDS. Well, she joined the church later in her life, but she was from Kansas, and they ate a lot of Jello yeah. in Kansas, so I guess. I'm not sure they ate a lot of Jello in Kansas, but she was raised in the generation where Jello became popular. True, because it was like what fifties, yeah, forties, sixties, yeah. somewhere in that era. The, um, so she started making Jello for us, and you know, but I don't know if they did it in Kansas. I don't even know if Jello existed when she was a kid. So I don't, I don't know when Jello, Jello came around. I, I, I'm fine with Jell-O. I would never choose to eat it. It's when people put weird things in it. That's when, I, that's when I'm like, no. There are some flavors that I, I just don't like. But uh, I like, you know, lime and orange. And, but a lot, some of them are just too weird. for me. Yeah. I would take pudding any day. Although I, I don't think pudding is as socially acceptable as part of dinner. No. Maybe a dessert. It's a dessert. Yeah. <laughs> but isn't Jell-O too? That, yeah, I guess it is. Although, when I was a kid, we ate it for dinner. No, we ate it for dessert, now that you mention it. Now, we used to put milk on it. 
Really? Oh, yeah. And milk and jello and then heat it. It was pretty good. <laughs> I could kind of see it. It's kind of like whipped cream, but just. Yeah, like a custardy yeah, kind of yeah, consistency. Kind of I always associate jello with like hospitals. I don't know why, <laughs> well, but like when you can't eat solid foods, yeah, they give you jello. But like, I mean, I haven't spent a lot of time in the hospital, so I don't know why. It's probably TV shows and stuff that I see it in. So that's like, I always associate jello with like, yeah, yeah. you know, sitting in the hospital. I mean, I guess I was in the hospital a few times, but nothing crazy. I don't remember ever eating jello, to be honest. But When you were a kid? Well, no, just whenever I was, happened to be in the hospital oh, a few no, times. No. I don't ever remember eating jello. But no, I remember eating jello as a kid, but only as a dessert. I don't, I mean, I don't really remember having it. Yeah, we didn't have it with dinner. I don't, I don't remember having it with dinner. There's that one weird recipe that mom makes. That's like... It's got 7-Up in it? Yeah. Yeah, it's not my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's anyone's favorite. I think it's funny because, like, we have it so rarely where mom's like, oh, I'm going to make it, you know, nostalgic, and then it comes out and everyone's like, yeah. <laughs> Let's leave it in the past. Yeah. <laughs> that one has a weird, like, I don't know if it's the flavor or the texture. Texture or something, know. yeah. It's weird. Well, we did have it for dinner, and now that I think about it, we did have it for dinner when I was a kid, but mom always put, like, celery and oh, yeah. stuff like that in it, and so it was kind of a vegetable, you know, and it was not good. See, and that, like, screams the 50s. Does <laughs> it? Does. I think if that's the right era. It that, is. Yeah, that, like, definitely says 50s in my eyes when you see the... Like the like the bunt cake molded jello, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> and there's just like carrots and stuff floating. Yeah, around. they used to put carrots and she used to put the cucumbers and it was bad. What a weird. But we ate it. You know, we didn't know any different. We just yeah. eat it. <laughs> well, true. It's it's, it's funny, funny how that works. Because yeah, there's things um mom will make or I'll make now where Kara's like, I like I've never even eaten this or seen this, and I'm like. To me, it's very normal because I'm like, oh, I just grew up with, yeah, you know, yeah. this. But it's it goes both ways because she'll make, like, family recipes. And I'm like, they make, like, um, white enchiladas. Mm. So it's like, it's um, like. It's got a white cream sauce. Yeah. So it's like yeah. sour cream and, like, um, green chilies. Yeah. And they always use flour tortillas. Yeah. And I was like, I always remember red enchilada sauce with corn tortillas. Yeah. And it's just very different, but I guess we didn't have enchiladas that much. But Carmel made a white sauce. Did, did she? she? Yeah, she made a white sauce for enchiladas. And it was good. I liked it. Yeah, yeah it's not bad. I mean, I'm a spicy person, so I like... The, I think the main reason, because I don't mind the creaminess, but it's just... I have to, like, dump hot sauce on it, because I just... I don't know. Yeah, it has I to like be. hot sauce for yeah. some reason. Which is real unfortunate, because every Christmas, I get... Someone gives me a pack of hot sauce, and I have no idea what to do with all of it. Because <laughs> I mean, have a lot. Oh yeah, I mean, I got two different packs of hot sauce, which I do like. I'll experiment with them and try them on different things. And I think some people may like a very large array of hot sauce, but I have like a few hot sauces I really like, and I use them. So yeah. then when people give me other ones, I'm like, I try them, and I'm like, yeah, but I like this one better. So then, what do you do with them? <laughs> yeah. I try to like sneak them in food and stuff. But well, and it's not like you can use a lot of it. You know, yeah. I mean, it takes a year to use it, doesn't exactly. it? Exactly. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> you got... I think I got two packs. One of them had like five bottles and one of them had six. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, and they're sitting in the cupboard. And one of the, um, they're all glass bottles. And I, I like to reuse the bottles if I can. And I want to make my own hot sauce. It's one of my goals. Now that I make salsa, I'm like, it'd be fun to make hot sauce next. So I've talked to Leanne about it. And um, 
talk to if she wanted to make them. But yeah, one of the some of the glass bottles are like um, skulls, and they're all glass. Oh yeah, so they're pretty cool looking. Yeah. So I'm like, mm, I might try to use those. It's the ceiling part that is hard because they come with like plastic. Yeah. Um, right. Caps. So you got. I don't. I'm gonna have to figure that out. Maybe corks. I don't know how to seal things. Only yeah, I know you can use wax and just heat it up and put it on the top like jam and stuff. My mom used to do that when she was when I was a kid. She would make jam. And then she'd just pour wax on the top and it would make a seal on the top. And that's how she sealed her jam. Didn't they get like a um, like a piece of some sort of fabric? And then she put didn't the wax on that? Oh, no, just straight She in. just poured it on the top and that was huh. it. <laughs> and I guess it seals it. It keeps the air out. That's the bottom yeah. line is to keep the air out. True. Yeah, I kind of learned how to do it when I um, made salsa because... I mean, I had been around when we had canned stuff in our family, right. you know, from our trees and stuff, but I never really paid attention. So I kind of had to learn the um, process because it's not just about, well, I don't know. With salsa, you kind of have to get the acidity right yeah. so it seals correctly. I don't know if it's the same with fruit and stuff because we can like fruit and stuff just so we can use it later, right? Like apricots. And, yeah. I don't know. But my mom, I, I took for granted the knowledge mom had growing up around like food and stuff. Yeah. And I still text her all the time, but like I'll try to make, go make something. I'm like, oh, I saw my mom do it. I can do it. And then I get down to it, and I'm like, oh, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> I'm like, it's it's a little more complicated than I remember. But it's not really hard it's to can things. We never canned things that were uh, critically, uh, you know, it was critical that you made it exactly yeah. like tomatoes. Yeah. We never canned tomatoes or anything, and so it wasn't it wasn't a critical thing, you know. I mean, if you're if you're canning something really sweet. It's not going to get bad, usually. Well, we were mostly canning things strictly because we had too much. Yeah. And we had to do something with it. Well, I guess you guys froze some stuff, too. Yeah, we had some freezing uh, stuff. That's the easiest way to can it. Yeah. Because then you don't have to... Well, I only... I I kind of taught myself... Well, I didn't teach, but I learned how to can salsa. But now I only do it if I make big batches. I'm going to give it to people. Because yeah. I don't know when I'm going to see him. But if I make a small batch, we just put it in the fridge because we eat it so quick. Yeah. So it's not that big of a deal. But yes. Go ahead. Yeah, it's also at Smith's the other day. Did you? It's mild and it is mild. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's really delicious. It's chunky. You know, it's got all yeah. the chunks in it. and Oh, it's just really, really, really good. It's funny because Kara's dad... He'll eat my salsa, which is not very chunky. And he's like, you just need to throw it in the blender for a little while. Because he likes the real kind of smooth. smooth. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> when I was a kid, I was one of those dippers. I'd just get the I chip know. wet. <laughs> That's what the grandkids do. When I brought out the, that salsa that yeah. I was just talking about. And they were over because they are there a lot lately. Yeah. Uh, they just dip it in and just eat it. You yeah, know? that's what I did. I don't know when that's... Sw- well, I mean, I made a switch at some point. I think it's when I kind of took cooking more seriously and took an interest in it, I realized you cannot, well, in general, you can't be a good cook and be very picky. You have to eat everything. Yeah. If you want to cook with everything, you have to, like, at least know what it tastes like. Yeah. Um, so that's when I just kind of... Well, and you used to talk about your mission where, like, you just started eating things because it was rude not to. Yeah. Because yeah. families would feed you. That's right. And eventually you would enjoy it. Yeah, or at least I did. it didn't mind it, right? So I, now that's, like, I do it religiously now. Um, when Kara, because I really don't like olives. Kara loves olives. So she'll pull olives out and every single time I eat a couple because I'm like, someday, <laughs> someday I'm going to like olives. Yeah. Eh, I, don't, I don't mind the green ones. I really don't like black olives, though. 
that's really counterintuitive because usually people like the black ones and they don't like the green ones, you know, but that's interesting. Olives is one of those things where I feel like there's a, there's a group of foods that are very, you either like them or you don't. I think olives are in that group. Yeah, I know that that's true with AJ. Oh, it just isn't like a lot of things. Well, that's true too. But olives, I, I don't understand. Well, I love olives. I, yeah. <laughs> that's one thing I always liked, you know, but I didn't like green olives until I met your mom, I think. And then she says she liked them. And so I started hmm. eating them and I really learned to like them. But See, that's what, kind of what I do now. I just, I mean, in general, I'm not the picky eater and Kira's more picky than me. But there's a few things like, well, I mean, the only thing off the top of my head I can think of is olives. And Brussels sprouts. But I've yeah. come around to Brussels sprouts. I like them now. I just have to cook them a certain way. I don't like boiled Brussels sprouts. No, yeah. no. And I'm the same stink, way. But and I like them with a the sauce or, you know, if you broil them. That's what I do. Yeah, they're really good. I always do. Salt and pepper and butter. Yeah. Well, or if I have bacon fat, I'll usually use bacon fat instead of butter. Yeah. Which, <laughs> probably not the greatest idea, but I got the idea from, um, there's a restaurant in Farmington um, called Twigs. It's kind of a higher end like bistro, I guess. Yeah. I don't know, but they have like an all they have a Brussels sprouts dish, which is like bacon fats and like whole cloves of garlic, but they're like cooked down, so they're not oh, super. Yeah, I bet that's good. Yeah. Oh, super good. So I kind of I kind of like looked what was in there and then came home and kind of made my own version in a way, but yeah, I don't know. I just kind of started eating everything, and now I'm like I'm not a picky eater at all anymore. I'll, I'll eat anything. There's some things I still don't. I wouldn't choose to eat. But, yeah, now it doesn't bother me. As a I, kid, I always thought I was picky, but... I probably ought to try that with seafood. Every once in a while, I try... Because uh, Mom cooks seafood once in a while. Yeah. Even though she knows that I don't like it, but... Because she really likes it. And so, she'll make salmon, and I'll try some. But I still haven't gotten to the point where I... Oh, yeah, I'd love to have some salmon. You know, I just eat a couple of bites, and I'm done. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Is it a flavor period or texture? I don't, I don't know. Because a lot of people don't like the texture of seafood. No, the texture doesn't bother me. It's just... Uh, flavor I, yeah. I don't know what it is maybe it is texture I, I feel like seafood is another one of those things where you either really like it or you really don't like there, there's very care was like that when i met her care did not eat seafood like period yeah so slowly i was like i got her to eat some shrimp because you know everyone likes fried shrimp it's, yeah you know pretty universal which is good but now we have seafood, you know, probably every other week, either salmon or some sort of shrimp or, you know, because that's just the and most. she likes it? Yeah, she'll eat it now. She really likes salmon. She always kind of has liked salmon because it's pretty mild relatively. And she likes tuna, you know, like canned yeah. tuna. Yeah. But, um, no, I've tried to get her to branch out. Like, we were at um restaurant down the road, Hook and Reel, and they have, like, the seafood boil um, bags. Oh, yeah. So yeah. it comes in a bag with, like, corn and mussels, and I think mine had mussels. Uh, crawfish and shrimp so i made her like try some things but yeah mussels have a weird texture oh do they i've yeah. never i don't think i ever tried <laughs> mom loves them but i think i mean they're like i wouldn't choose to eat mussels but i don't mind them i would just if i was gonna have a bag full of anything it'd still probably be shrimp it's easiest to eat and it tastes the best to me right crawfish are way too much work because you, oh, you got to peel every single one of them and then you get a nibble and i'm like <laughs> i'm like a shrimp i can just grab and just take a chunk and eat it like i don't know yeah mom's always liked seafood she really loves seafood i think it's because of her family her family were you know they would eat everything you know yeah they would eat really uh and mom was a waitress you know for many years in very high-end restaurants and so your she, mom yeah my oh, mom yeah. and so she was exposed to all kinds of 
and she worked at the, on Cape Cod, you know. Oh, that's cool. And for a summer, I think it was for a summer, and she learned to eat everything that was. She loved it. So interesting. For some reason, I was. I guess I didn't know where specifically your mom worked because. <laughs> cliche i always think of your mom in that era at a diner somewhere because you know you just you have <laughs> that picture true. in your head of like you know an old 50s or 60s diner but she worked at like nice nice restaurants oh yeah actually she uh she wanted to get out of kansas you know uh because of the depression during the depression kansas yeah. was hit really hard you know people you, you know the grapes of wrath people were leaving yeah. kansas and that area the oklahoma they were leaving and going to the coasts well, mom left and went to Cape Cod, and uh, she uh, had a job at a low-end, you know, restaurant, yeah. and then she thought she'd try for this other one, and she went to this really high-end restaurant, and they asked her if she knew how to set a table. Well, at a high-end restaurant, you put the knives and forks and yeah. spoons and everything in a certain place. She had no idea, but she said, yeah, I know how to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and so the first night, she walked out on the floor, and she was standing in front of the table to set the table. And she kind of froze because she didn't know what to do, mm-hmm. you know. And one of the other waitresses saw her. She walked over to her. And I have a recording of this. Really? And she walked over to her and says, do you know what you're doing? And she says, no. She says, let me tell you. And so she told her what to do. And she was able to keep her job. Yeah. And uh, she had a wonderful summer there. And, uh, and uh, you know, it was, it was a neat experience. And then later, of course... Uh, when I was growing up, she worked at high-end restaurants in uh, San Jose and and uh, Almaden. She worked at a real nice restaurant down in Almaden. And actually, when she first came to California, she worked at the uh, top of the Mark Hopkins in San Francisco, right downtown San Francisco, one of the high-rises. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The one that goes around, I think. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so she worked at really some really nice restaurants. So she was exposed to all kinds of That's food, cool. you know. And she said the only thing that she never could... She never would try with snails. She never, <laughs> she never would try it. <laughs> so, I have a comment about the snails afterwards. But so she came to California not with your dad by herself. Yeah. Well, the, this was before you were born, obviously. Yeah. It was during the Great. What Depression. happened was she and dad. Well, mom was married before dad. She oh. she got married, then she got a divorce because the guy was weird. Oh. Uh, anyway, and so she got a divorce, but she knew dad. For many years and then uh, they fell in love after she got a divorce and then she told dad uh, if you want to get together I'll be in California and so she left Kansas she left him in uh, in uh, Kansas and moved to the, the coast and ended up in San Francisco and ended up with you know working as a waitress and stuff and uh, dad uh, came out looking for you know it came out and then he joined the navy and then he was gone for a couple of years in the navy and diane my sister was born and uh and anyway and then they lived in california hmm. but so she was the first one that went out there so they were both originally in kansas oh yeah they're both raised in topeka kansas and uh i don't think i probably would have been raised in kansas if it wasn't for her because mom didn't want to stay in kansas such an attitude to have to just be like, I'm going. <laughs> you want to come find me, go for it. Well, I have a tape of her where she talks about all this. And I meant to give it to you guys for Christmas, but I, I'm still working on pictures to go with it, you know. But I had to get it to you right away because I figured it's on a uh, flash drive. Oh, yeah. I can just copy and give it to everybody. But it's interesting to listen to her talk about her experiences and 
And uh, she was an interesting lady. Well, that was kind of the... That was the thought process behind this, really, for yeah. me. Because <clears throat> I just had... I When I have random ideas, I keep, um, I keep multiple lists on my phones. Books I want to read, movies <laughs> I want to do, like, things I want to do. And on one of the lists was that I wanted to have recorded conversations with you. But uh, originally, it wasn't going to be... I mean... I guess that all, that's what a podcast is, but originally I was just going to like put my phone on the table, press record, and just and talk just to you about that. stuff, because yeah. I always thought it'd be cool to like, you know, down the line, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, you know, because you can tell these things to like your grandkids, and they don't yeah. really care, but someday they're, they're going to want to know. Yeah. So I just, that's where this whole idea actually came from, which is... Yeah, and that's what, that's what Diane did. She sat down with mom and said, okay... Tell me about your life. And she put one of those little cassette tapes yeah. on a tape recorder and she recorded it. And then I went over to the church uh, history center, the family history center, and you can bring any media over there that you have. It could be 50 years old and they can convert it to a flash drive. Yeah. And so it's really, really slick. And so I, what I did is I brought that tape over there and uh, had them convert it so it could be on a flash drive. But I think I missed a part of it. So I'm going to have to go back over there and find out because the. Because I've heard it before when mm-hmm. it was on the tape, and we, uh, I think we missed the last part of it, so I'm going to have to go over and make sure we get the whole thing, but so it's really interesting. Was that specifically, they put it on a flash drive for you, or did they keep that somehow, and that's like linked to her in her no. file? Uh, no, I, if, if I want to link it, I can do that. Oh, so you can. I can yeah. link it to the family history. Yeah. But it was, uh, it's interesting to listen. Well, and you hear her voice, too, which is interesting, because you, yeah. you don't remember her bar- probably very much. No, you know, a little bit. it's yeah. weird because I'll Carol ask me questions kind of like about like your parents and stuff. And I'm still, I'm, I mean, I guess you can clear it up right now. Was I born before or after your dad passed? Because I don't remember. Oh, everybody was born after dad passed. Oh, really? Yeah, I wasn't married when dad passed. So who? He died, he died in 1973. I oh, got wow. Kim and I got married in 1987. So it was yeah. a long time. Okay. After. So who was the older gentleman? That I remember being very young and at a birthday party for. I guess it wasn't your dad, and it wasn't mom's dad. Huh. I have this weird memory. Maybe it's a... You know, sometimes I think I have memories and they were like dreams or something. I don't know if that happens to you, but I don't know. I have this weird memory and I was very, very little. Who did we get the Whistler from? That was mom. Mom. Oh, your. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. You still remember the Whistler? Yeah. I... The... It's broken. Yeah. And the day it broke, we were watching conference. Oh, that's and right. And I went into my room to grab something and it fell off my shelf. Oh, and I was like terrified to like <laughs> tell you guys. Well, and it was, I mean, that was something, even from a young age, I always, I always liked that Whistler because it was one of the few things I had. And I'm not a super nostalgic person, but when you have so little, that was kind of one of those things where yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm going to, you know, pass this down. And then oh, I was, I was so upset. I just, Yeah. I think we glued it back. Actually, we saw it the other day. I think it's. I think we just put it back up on the shelf, but we haven't fixed it yet. Oh, I, I can still whistle the tone. Can the you? The whole song. <laughs> yeah. It's funny that that made an impression on you. Isn't it weird? Yeah, it is weird how it's, things happen. And it'll make an impression on no one else. But for some reason, it's that one thing that in your mind is like sticks out. I remember. I, one of those I remember mom playing it whenever you guys came over. She would. Yeah. I'd start playing. 
Well, and all my friends thought it was super creepy. <laughs> and start playing the tone, and they'd be like, "What is that?" I'm like, I, don't I think know. it is a little bit creepy. So it's like a clown, you know? Yeah, it's kind of like the same kind of idea. Well, mom has that weird teddy bear, or is it yours? It's mine. That has like the. <laughs> that's creepy. I don't know what is that, there that was my teddy bear when I was a little kid. Yeah, that's crazy. But is there <laughs> is there a story behind it? Was there like an era where they made teddy bears with like human esque faces? <laughs> Because I, I see that and I'm like, I don't know. I It's so weird to me, though. Yeah. I don't know, but I guess when you were a kid, you that was just your teddy bear. Yeah, it was. It was my teddy bear. And I used to wet the bed, and he was always with me when I wet the <laughs> bed. And so I, he doesn't stink, so I guess yeah. he dried out. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> it's weird how those things work. Yeah, but we still have it, which is the weirdest thing, you know. Kind of funny. Yeah, I have. I don't have much from when I was a kid. Because I, I, I remember going through like a, a phase when I was not really a teenager, but I was like wanting to be grown. So I was getting rid of all my kids stuff, you know, yeah. selling the yard sales and stuff. So I have very little. Um, I guess you guys might have some stuff, but I have, I have such such small amount of stuff. I have like a tote of like every all memorabilia for my whole uh, life. That's probably enough. <laughs> yeah, I actually kind of feel the same way still. Yeah. Because I mean, if you don't remember missing it then what are you missing you know what i mean because like i'm sure there's things if i saw them i'd be like oh i wish i had that but if you don't remember it then i guess yeah how important was it i don't know we just went through a bunch of stuff in the basement and i i had letters that i had written to our family when my eyes on a mission and i just got rid of them i think i kept one or two but i thought nobody's gonna ever sit down and read all these i don't think and i thought you know it was it was meaningful at the time but you know i don't know it's hard to decide you take pictures and put it on family search because you know we have our uh, our you know our family tree out there. Yeah. You can attach anything to that. You can take a picture. Forever. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can attach anything to that. You can t- attach pictures. You can attach uh, this stuff. You can yeah. attach anything to it, and it's uh, so it's really kind of nice because it's there for posterity. You know, your ancestors yeah. can go and say, "Oh yeah, this it was recorded." Anyway, definitely makes it easier for. Um like pictures and stuff nowadays, you can have, you know, a file on your computer and have yeah. a million pictures. That's right. Well, you know, that's right. Instead of boxes full of pictures. <laughs> but have you ever gone through, you used to have some boxes old pictures, didn't you? We still have. I've, you know, when I was telling you about that video file that I have from mom. Yeah. Well, I've also taken two boxes of pictures and I've also taken those to the Family History Center. And if you get the same size photos, you can put them on this machine they have and it goes... Yeah, it's cool. them. So I've done that to a lot of them, but uh, not all of them. And the slides are problematic unless they fit into one of those cassettes, those round cassettes. Yeah. Uh, they've got a machine that it, you can put it on and it'll go. But if but if they're separate slides and they're bigger, you know, yeah. sometimes you have to do each one. Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of a. But I did. I've recorded a bunch. You, I was sending some out. Remember yeah. those that I sent mm-hmm. out? Yeah. Those are some that I made at the uh, family or copied at the Family History Center. And I planned on giving those to everybody at Christmas, but I never got done with the project. So I will. Yeah, I thought it was fun to show. Um, well, it was fun for me because, I mean, even though I knew some of those people, I've never seen most of those photos. And it was cool to show Kiera because she doesn't, she doesn't really know, besides my sisters and you and mom, she doesn't, doesn't, know yeah, she doesn't know anyone in our family. Well, that's one of the great regrets I have is that I've lost contact with all cousins you know my dad's yeah siblings and my mom's siblings they're all in kansas 
we kind of lost. I mean, there were, when I was a kid, every once in a while, well, once we went to Kansas yeah. and visited them. And they came out to California, I think, once or maybe twice. And that was it. And now I have actually have a cousin that died, you know, and I, uh, I, the reason I find it is I was Googling their family and found out that he had passed away. And, and so I, I real feel really sad that we've lo I've lost contact with all those people over the, and there's a lot of them. I, we have a lot of cousins out in Kansas and, uh, and stuff. But anyway, that's one of those things. Well, I mean, in, uh, I mean, in some ways I'm in a similar boat currently. I mean, it's not like. I haven't seen any of my cousins for years and years. I mean, well, they're not very far away, though. I mean, yeah, but I mean, does that make it better or worse? Because <laughs> <laughs> at least if they're far away, you have an excuse. But, That's true. And I guess it goes both ways. Now that I'm an adult, I could definitely make the effort. But yeah, we should have we should have gotten together more. We did actually when you were young. Yeah, I do remember. Well, I, I mean, I don't know if it happened every summer, but I remember coming out when we lived in California and they yeah. lived here. I remember Fourth of July is coming yeah, out. Really come out. I don't know how often that actually happened, but in my in my mind, it happened pretty often. I think it happened three or four times, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I think it's it's fun to keep in touch with your family. But yeah, I want to get all these pictures together so you can meet some of these people yeah. you don't even know. You know. Well, and I think it'd be fun to get um, some family members here because that's what I plan on. Um, doing guests on here, I want to do only family members. Oh, yeah. Um, so I want to do, you know, the girls, like, yeah. sisters and everything. And I was thinking, I mean, it'd probably be hard, but getting, you know, Alan and yeah. maybe some of his kids, I mean, that'd be kind of hard, but, you know, it's not like we're in a rush. Yeah. But I think it'd be kind of cool because then, I mean, we have very different perspectives on life, I'm sure, That's you know. True. just <laughs> and the wealthy perspective <laughs> and the humble <laughs> Yeah, you can be both. That's it's funny that uh, Damien, your cousin Damien, teaches at BYU, and I talked to him. Does he? Yeah. He oh, I didn't know that. In the, in the uh, business management oh, of course. program. And I said, Alan, how did he get, because he, he never graduated. He graduated from high school. Yeah. And he's teaching business management. At, he's teaching master's programs. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, Alan, how did he get that job? And he said he donated a lot of money to BYU. <laughs> <laughs> he said, that's why he's, that's that's funny. Why he's there. <laughs> that's funny. Schools will do a lot if you donate. <laughs> that's true, they do. But he's very successful, you know. Yeah. I mean, that's part of it. I mean, it seems to be one of those fields where experience outweighs education, right? Yeah. Kind of like Kier's dad. I mean, he did. He does have his um, degree, and he teaches masonry, which yeah. is a trade. But right. that's another career where it's like experience way outvalues education. Yeah. I mean, he's teaching people how to physically lay brick. Yeah. It's cool. He has he has his own classroom, and they they make walls. Yeah, so they like yeah they like put up structures and walls and different patterns and stuff, and then they have to tear it all down and they reuse all the bricks and stuff. It's it's pretty cool. He's a I've not, I mean I've seen his work through pictures and he's driven us around and stuff. But I mean everyone says he's a great mason, so it's pretty cool. That's something I've always thought would be fun to learn. Yeah, that'd be amazing. He's been doing it for a lot of years, and I mean even I mean it was pretty re he just started being a teacher within the last few years and he was part-time and now he's full-time. So he's, he's teaching from the day they sign up to the day they leave. Cause it's a trade. It's not like a degree. Is he a de Oh no, he's in Salt Lake. Yeah. He? He's in Salt Lake Community College. Oh, is he really? Yeah. Oh, that's neat. So yeah, actually. Um, so he gets, I think, um, one class for care paid for a semester. Wow. That's yeah. nice. 
Um, I, I think he, he always told Kiera, like, if you ever go to school, I'll pay for, I'll pay for as much as I can. So I think one of them gets covered because he's a teacher. And I think he pays for one of her classes too. Maybe. I don't, I'm not sure. Oh, that's neat. That's yeah. Insane. Both of her parents are very supportive about us going to school. I mean, so are you guys. So are you and mom. But, um, Kira's mom's been nagging her about it for years. <laughs> <laughs> she was kind of that parent that was just like, when are you going to go to school? When are you going to go to school? <laughs> I mean, I don't know how you guys felt about it. Cause I think either way you were trying to support me in whatever I wanted to do. Yeah. But I don't know. Did you ever, did you think I was going to go back to school at some point? Yeah. Yeah. I always thought you would. I think I, I, you're, you're very smart, Sam. I don't, you know, that's not a reason to go to school, I guess. I, maybe that's a reason not to go. Yeah. Because you're smart. But, uh, yeah, I always thought you would, you would go back to school. Because there, there are some advantages to that, you know. There, I don't think everybody needs to go back to school, but I think it's, it's funny, this book, that brings me to this book that I'm reading. It's called The Element. And it's, uh, I found it at DI. It's about finding your passion in life. And he has, he has, you know, example after example of famous people that uh, found their passion in life. Some of them never went to school. Yeah. And some of them did. Got master's degree and PhD, you know. It just varies, really varies a lot. But, uh, but he talks about how people find their passion, you know, how they find what they really, really, really love. One of the things about, Kim and I were talking about it last night, but one of the things that, one of the problems with the book is that he, he concentrates his examples on people that became famous. Mm. Well, not everybody that finds their passion in life yeah. becomes famous, you know. And your passion might be to be a good father, you know. Yeah. How do you, you, know you don't put that, you know, you're not yeah. going to see that in the book. And so that's one of the things about the book that's kind of weird, you know. He, he just concentrates on these famous people and you get the impression, well, if I find my passion, I'll be famous someday, you know? And that's not, I don't think that's... Not always the case. Yeah, and it's not the point, I don't think, really. True. You know. It can be a good motivation, I guess, for a certain type of person. Yeah. But, yeah, I think other things... And I think sometimes your passion can be to do a good job no matter what you're doing, you know? Because I've really, I've had a real variety of jobs and I enjoy working. And so every job I've had, I can't think of a job I've had that, I really didn't enjoy it because I really got into it and, you know, like to work hard and like to do a good job. Yeah. And so I was passionate about that, I guess. I don't know. Well, I think that's one thing that, um, because I think I always kind of knew I was going to go back to school too. When I went initially right out of high school, I knew very quickly this was not the time. And, you know, <laughs> learn from we your should, mistakes. Well, we should not have pushed you to, to do that. Yeah, I don't know if you really did, to be honest, because I mean... I think it was kind of, I don't think it was you as much as maybe society. Yeah. It's just kind of like what you do next, right? Yeah, it's like, what do you do next? And they push you in high school a lot. They're like, oh, have you made a decision on where you're going to go to school? What you're going to do? And I was following my friends too because they were all going to school. Yeah. But I knew very quickly it wasn't for me. Expensive mistake. You learn from everything. But, <laughs> and then I think I spent the next five years of my life kind of trying to figure out, I, I kept telling myself, I'm like, oh, school's not for everyone. So I kept trying to figure out, well, what am I going to do if I'm not going to go to school? <laughs> like, I got to find some sort of career. I'm like, I not, I mean, everyone has their own opinions, but it, in my opinion, I would like to have a career where if, you know, my spouse wanted to stay home with our children, I want a at least successful enough career, yeah. but that'd be an option. You know, I think it's pretty hard in today's society. I think most houses are two income households. Yeah. 
But then I kind of think back and I think I kind of, I always knew I was going to go back to school. I think it was just, I was making excuses not to do it. Yeah. If that makes sense. But I always knew in the back of my head that I'm like, I I knew I was going to. And I I, I tell people that sometimes. I'm like, someday. And I I don't know. I never, I just didn't know it was the time until it was just kind of the time. And COVID kind of pushed me into a lot of different changes in my life in a good way. um, Well, and meeting Kiera stabilized you a little bit. Yeah. You know, and that. And when, you know, and that, that helped. I didn't finish my degree until I met Kim, your mom, because uh, I was playing with it. I was going to the BYU Independent Study Program. I was doing that for years, and I was never finishing. You know, I was always doing one one uh, class a year. I, you know, it was just yeah. ridiculous. And then I met your mom, and all of a sudden, everything sped up, and I was done. You know, and it's, so that has, I think that stability has a lot to do with it. Yeah, I think... I think I'm putting a little too much pressure on myself because right now, I mean, I just started, but I am worried because I'm starting so late. I just need to do it quickly. But this semester's kicking our butts. <laughs> is it, is it <laughs> oh, tough? yeah. First semester was, I mean, easy for whatever, you know, yeah. whatever your definition of easy was. But it, was, it wasn't bad. We'd breeze through all of our assignments and have everything on time, and it was fun. But this semester, I mean, whew. <laughs> Is it the classes? Yeah, tougher classes. Um, yeah, and every because we're online, every um, teacher kind of structures things differently. So, like, we took geography last semester, which you'd think was be kind of an intense class. Yeah. But everything was open now. Everything was open book. Uh, we like our we would take like four tests, and then we'd have like one exam, and all the questions of the exam were the exact same on all of our tests. <laughs> so, and it was just it, a lot of reading. And there were some, you know, assignments that weren't super simple, but yeah, it was very brief. But then this semester, um, like biology is just Tough. intense. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I've I've been trying to keep the philosophy of just it's it's not a matter of whether you can or cannot not sound like Yoda, but it's just whether you're gonna do it or not. Yeah, yeah. And whether you made that decision. Yeah. Well, and that's what Kara said. She's like, she's like, you're gonna drop biology, and I'm like. No, I'm like, I, and it, I mean, I could, but then I'd have, I'd still have to take a class that fulfilled yeah. that requirement. And I'm like, if I quit one class just cause it's a little hard, like, how is that going to set me up to finish my career or, you know, <laughs> my true. degree? I mean, yeah. um, and not that it wouldn't be possible either way, but I'm, I'm really trying to keep that mindset of like, I've always been a quitter my whole life. I've just failed or quit at everything I've done. I've just never followed anything through. And I'm like, well, I've changed a lot as a person. Yeah. And I think now is definitely the time where I can. I think I always could have, you know, it's just, it's, it's really something, in my opinion, and while I've told you and mom this, the only way I learn things, I have to learn them the hard way. No one, <laughs> people I don't think that's always, I, I don't think because you've had those many experiences that way, Sam, that that's by nature what you're going to do. I guess do. that's true, huh? Yeah. I don't want to stick myself in a corner. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. But in the past... Most of the things people tell you not to do, I would do, and then I'd be like, "Oh, this is why they didn't tell me." <laughs> yeah, but then that lesson sticks real well. It so, does. It you know, sticks well. Teach their own, but no, and that's the whole passion thing. Um, I think I've I've always kind of struggled with that. There's things I've liked doing, but there's I mean I I look at um, artists or chefs or um, 
athletes and it's like something overtook their life at a certain age and that's yeah. all they wanted to do it was their passion it was their love they made a career out of it some of them didn't but it was just like every, and i'm like i never had that one thing yeah that was like the thing that kept me motivated the thing that like drove me to do anything like i really like cooking but it's not the best career so i kind of always you know decided that it was going to be a hobby and i guess it's a passion of mine but it's kind of why i'm trying to go into engineering because i mean it's something i've always has always fascinated me. I've always learned, like learning those types of things. I think I have a lot of struggles coming. You know, school's going to get pretty hard sometime, but I was talking to um, Ty about that. Yeah. Because he's a van lifer. Ty Hogan. Oh, yeah. So he... Um, What's a van lifer? <laughs> <laughs> so it's this whole culture of people that... Um, they like renovate vans and buses. Oh, oh yeah. And they So he's been living in a van for a couple of years now. Yeah. So, um, he's so, so funny. Yeah. And I haven't seen him in a long time. I want to get him on, um, Karen I's podcast because yeah. we're doing, so like, I want to have only family members on this as guests, but I want to have all of our old friends and stuff on yeah. ours. Just, you know, and I'm like, you would have, I'm sure you have a lot of stories. Um, and he does a little like blog on YouTube and stuff and he's very, um, anti working nine to five for the rest of your life like we're here to live not to slave away and you know like he doesn't really believe in going to school and i mean to a point you know i don't want to put words in his mouth but it's kind of like the um thing he's adapted and i i was talking to him um on and off the last like week or two about what he's been doing and about what i've been doing he was very supportive he wasn't you know like oh that's a stupid decision to go to school (laughs) so you know thanks for that but um yeah, he's um, that, but that's very Thai. That's his passion is to yeah, make, yeah. Ma- like you know, make his own path without being held down by you know the man or whatever you want to call it. So, but that I mean that's what he decided to do, and I I mean I, I whatever anyone wants to do, if as long as it makes him happy, I I couldn't care less. It's funny because it reminds me of a mo- uh, a, a show. It was a movie actually about a couple. It was a biography of them. It was not. I mean, it was, in other words, it wasn't a movie. It was a, a what do they call it? When they, it was people's real lives. Oh, yeah, you know? yeah. No. Uh, yeah, anyway. No. And so it was about this couple. They were living like that on a boat, on a, uh, on a uh, boat that they'd made that was in the swamps in Florida, you know. Mm. And that's where they lived. They just fished. Yeah. And they, and they were young, and they were just having a good time, you know, and uh, no kids, no family, and... They did this for many years, and then finally, uh, and I'm not saying this is going to happen to Ty, but the girlfriend met this other guy that was a, uh, a captain of a, a ship that went up the Mississippi or something. You know? yeah. I don't know how they met or something, but she realized that she wanted a life where when, when she got older, she would have things, you know, yeah. because their life on that boat you know, what's going to happen when they get older? You know, they're yeah. not going to have insurance. Not gonna, you know, so she ended up going with this uh, captain, this riverboat captain that actually had a, you know, benefits, yeah. and, you know, of retirement and stuff like that. And uh, it just broke the other guys, the young guys. Well, he wasn't young by then, but just broke his heart because they were in love. And, but she really went, you yeah. know, as she got older, she realized that she wanted more just to have fun the rest of her life and then in the end of her life it would have been you know what do you do yeah what do you do yeah i think about that too i mean ty's obviously young and i mean whatever right right. whatever decisions he makes i 
doesn't bother me. Um, but I think about that sometimes too, and I think it comes from the things I want in life. So I put myself in his shoes. I'm like, oh, what if, how would I do that in his scenario? But I guess that's not the things he wants. But yeah, I think about it all the time. I'm like, I, I know they don't want kids, but in a different scenario, what if you do want kids? You can raise yeah. a kid in a van yeah. Yeah, or a boat, you know? Yeah. Or just like you said, insurance. Like what if something really bad happens? Yeah. And I mean, I don't. I don't know how they make their money or, or anything, but I'm like, yeah, I always think it, it don't, it gives me anxiety for them. I'm like, what if something really bad happens? Yeah, yeah. Well, in one of their vlogs, their um, van broke down in Mexico. Yeah. Just being in Mexico. Well, and he talks about how he went to, they found a garage and he couldn't communicate with the person to like, and what do you, you're stranded in Mexico, you know what I mean? And that kind of stuff. And I'm not that kind of person. Ty's very much that kind of person or has become that kind of person. I'm very not. I, if I have an ounce of being out of control, it stresses me out. I mean, that's you why become I, your dad. <laughs> when we go camping, I'm like, until we park the trailer, I'm just on edge. Cause I'm like, tire will pop the trailer will fall off <laughs> something you know in the whole I'm time sorry, Sam. Well, you know, it's life. and Kira, she's like you just need to relax i'm like that's not how life works because you can relax and then something happens and then and then what yeah but i guess being worried doesn't really you know yeah you have to you have to find a balance because otherwise yeah. you can get crazy like me you know Oof. i'm getting better i think well that's not true because i still feel like you have to have car insurance you have to have health insurance you know and my dad was that way. My dad was horrible in that respect. And that's one of the reasons they never went on vacation is because my dad was afraid something would happen while mm. they were on vacation and it would cost them a fortune, you know? Yeah. And so finally my mom started saving, and Kim's done this uh, a couple of times, my mom started saving money for a vacation. And that's the one big vacation we took as a family. We went to Disneyland. We went to Kansas to visit our relatives. Mm. Uh, we went to Salt Lake City on the way and stopped it. This was before we uh, knew about the church. I think actually we were having the lessons at the time, but we were not members of the church. And that whole vacation was because mom said, I've saved some money, we're going. And my yeah. dad said, okay. And so, and we ate, we, you know, we ate sandwiches on the way. Yeah. We never stopped at a, hotel, at a restaurant. Well, no, that's not true. We did stop a couple of times at a Ma and Pa place but most of the time we just ate you know we'd stop by the side of the road mom and dad had their cooler and <laughs> my god sandwich yeah, yeah. <laughs> like sandwiches and stuff and that that's what we ate along the way it was funny but that dad was so afraid that something would go wrong in fact uh <clears throat> my parents were living in silicon valley when it be it boomed yeah, before it was Silicon Valley. Yeah, before it was Silicon Valley. And my dad worked for the phone company, and he was a good... Dad was a really good employee, and he was really smart. And uh, mom kept encouraging him to apply for jobs in the Valley, you know, with yeah. some of these startup companies, because they could have made... You know, he could have gotten in with a Hewlett Packard or one of those other yeah. companies. Right place, right time. He was afraid. He was yeah. afraid of taking that leap from the phone company, because the phone company was very stable. Yeah. You know, you're not going to lose your job working for the phone company. They didn't pay you much. That was the thing. They just, you know, it was like being a school teacher kind of, you know. Yeah. And, uh, Government boy. So he could never leave. But moms <clears throat> kept encouraging him to leave. And then in later life, she said, let's invest in homes, some homes. Let's buy another. Yeah. And he would never do that because he was didn't want to take the risk. You know, he was just too. 
And so, uh, so I got a lot of that from him and now you're getting some of it. From oh, me. I am. I know. Well, I, I talk to Kier about that sometimes because Kier's kind of a, more of a fly by the seat of her pants kind of person. I mean, not in an extreme way, but yeah. I'm very anti-risk and it's because my anxiety gets the better of me. It's not because I don't, I just can't. I, I don't know. I want to get over it though. It's one of my goals, um, just in general over my life is just, I mean, you don't meet very many very successful people that never took a risk. That's right. That's right. So I think if I'm, I mean, not that money or success is everything, but you know, if you, there's different levels to life, right? And yeah. if you ever want to reach a higher tier life or level, a lot of times that's taking a risk. You do. And you a lot of failures it. and a lot of, su- yeah. you know, success. And it's just kind of, I don't know, but it's one of the things I want to try to force myself to do, especially into the future. If I end up doing making a, a career that I make an okay amount of money, I'd like to feel com- more comfortable investing that money, you know, yeah. trying to, you know, yeah. make my money work for me instead of, you know, being scared of losing it, you know, just a lot yeah. of those kind of things. Well, and when dad died, <clears throat> after mom paid off the house, she mortgaged the house and bought two or three homes in yeah. San Jose. And that, oh. that provided for her the rest of her life. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> then they didn't go up as much as they did later. But, wow. but they still went up. That all the time she had them, they went up in value. And so so when she died, she had money. You know, She had none. have to take care of herself for the rest of her life. So she was, uh, mom would take risks. Well, when she came to California, <clears throat> she left Kansas. I think she took a train, you know. She took a train and ended up in L.A. That's actually where she first ended up was in L.A. I can't imagine she, what it looked like back then. <clears throat> yeah. When she got off the train, she had 25 cents. <laughs> That's all she had. She didn't have a job. She didn't know anybody. And she the, she ran into this lady. I don't know where she met her. And this lady had, you know, took an interest in her, said, you can stay with me and, you know, and get a job and find a job. Isn't that amazing? It's just yeah. a miracle. She, but that was the times too, because it was during the depression yeah. and people took care of each other. And uh, <clears throat> so she let her stay with her. She found a job. And she started working and she earned some money. She earned enough money to move to San Francisco because she didn't want to stay in L.A. Hmm. And so she ended up in San Francisco. She got a job in a, as a, uh, you know, as a waitress in one of the nice restaurants there. Yeah, I don't know if you do that anymore. Yeah, it's different. In fact, mom used to say, and Alan told me this, I didn't know this, but mom, would, mom said during the Depression, people took care of other people. I yeah. mean, they would help other people. She said, if we ever have a depression again, she th- said to Alan, she said, I don't think people will do that. People will just take care of themselves. And she said, it'll be a totally different thing. Yeah. Well, kind of, I mean, I agree. And we kind of saw a piece of that when <clears throat> COVID was happening. I mean, the whole stores running out of food on their shelves and people hoarding things. Yeah, and yeah. No, paper. Yeah, and <laughs> I mean, and I don't think it happened as much in our area, but there were people in Salt Lake that were buying up everything and then selling it to other people for yeah. a higher price. It's like, what is, is this the end of the world? Like, people were acting, and no one, like, you know, you, I guess you can count on family members and friends, but no, you really, I, I personally feel, and I don't know if this is just my point of view or if it's true or not, and I guess it depends on where you are and whatever, but... No, I really feel like I, I, I don't feel like I could ever rely on a stranger if I really needed it. Yeah. I think that sometimes there's people out there that would help you, but I think in general you're much more you're much more likely to run into someone that's not going to help you. Yeah. And Which is sad. Kind of sad. Yeah. It is very sad. In fact, 
it's funny because over the years we've met members of the church who uh, get their supply of food and then they buy a gun. They say, this is so I can protect yeah. our food so I can feed my family. And Kim always, you've heard me well, talk yeah. about that. She says, I would rather give all my food away. If somebody comes to me, I'm going to give my food away. I'm not going to shoot them. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think that's pretty funny. Yeah, she has a very um, <clears throat> particular opinion about guns in she general does. also. Yeah, well, that's true too. That's a, another thing. But she, she said, yeah, I'll share my food. I'm not going to shoot somebody because I want to, yeah. How would you feel about yourself if you shot somebody because they were hungry? You know, it's just you know, Well, not even that, just, so when I was taking my concealed carry class, because when, there was a point when COVID was happening and things were, things were getting kind of scary. Yeah. So that was one of the things that led me to buy a firearm. I was taking a concealed carry class and, you know, they talk about... Uh, less safety, more kind of rules and how not to be in trouble if you ever have to shoot someone. It's yeah. weird. And they kind of brought up the question of like, what scenario would push you to actually be able to put, pull the trigger? Because yeah. they're like, oh, you think you have a gun, so you think you're safe. But like, in most circumstances, people are not, some people, but in general, people are not just willing to shoot like shoot someone yeah. for over something very small yeah. so like, what would it really take and that's what made me decide not to get a concealed carry i'm like i don't need to carry a weapon no like there's no there's no solution scenario that, that yeah. you can see yourself well exactly someone. i'm like i'm unless someone was threatening <clears throat> like kiara or if i have kids someday or like you or mom and but there's got to be a better better way of handling that situation i don't know so yeah. i mean I have one for protection of the home and I take right, camping right. and it's, you know, target practice, like a sport kind of thing. But yeah. It's, it's a, I don't know. I kind of, I, I, I definitely get where mom's coming from where she would just rather, but mom would help someone regardless of whether they were threatening her or not. That's true. Yeah. You know, if someone needed food. Mom, so yeah. that's where I would go. We don't have food here. No. <laughs> <laughs> We've been talking about it though. We've actually been, Talking about, um, they have those like 72 hour kits at yeah. Costco yeah. that are on sale every once in a while. And we're like, we should probably just in case get them. I mean, they last like, what, 30 years or something. Yeah. So, and then we'd have to buy a few pet ones. But I think it's just good to have something like that in case there's a flood or in case there's, you know, we don't have tornadoes here. Earthquake? But, yeah, in case yeah. there's an earthquake or something. And you have, you know, you want to be self sufficient as much as you can. Even if you don't have it, you can always, the community will help, the church will help. You know, there's always those resources. But if you can have a, if you can take care of yourselves and maybe have a little extra to help somebody yeah. out, you know, I just think it makes sense. It's just kind of a logical thing. It's not a... I agree. Well, and it's, yeah. I mean, I, I guess I was thought about it as being like dramatic. I'm like, oh, you don't need food on hand. Like, you know. Whatever you got in the cupboard will last you a few days. But not always, right? I mean, you know, when yeah. everything shut down and you were told not to go to the store, we looked in our cupboards and we're like, oh, we have to go to the store. <laughs> like, right. I mean, we could we could have survived, right? Right, in like, right. Worst, worst case scenario. But I'm like, it, you know, it, it, it kind of put a lot of things in perspective as um, an adult living on your own. You're like, oh, wait, I rely on myself. Yeah. And I'm like, my animals and my girlfriend rely on me too. In a way, obviously, Karen and I are a partnership. She doesn't rely on me. Yeah. Yeah, kind of put it, put it in perspective. And, you know, it, it was a... 
Weird time. Yeah, mom gave me a couple of water containers. They're plastic square containers. Do you remember her giving those? I today? think so. Or yeah. One, yeah. And I've never used them because we have uh, two barrels of water in the yeah. garage. And I think that's one thing that would be nice to have is some extra water. Actually, I think I'll give those to you and you can just use them because I'm not using them. No. And uh, just don't tell your mom because she gave them to you. <laughs> That's a gift. And she always looks at it when we ever go through that closet. She says, how come you haven't used this? <laughs> I said, we've got two barrels of water in the garage. She says, oh, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. So she knows. I mean, yeah. Could. All right, Sam, so we wrap it up? Yeah, I think so. So what do we say at the Get end? our time. Well, what I want to do, and this is only relevant if we um, have someone listen, but... If anyone that does listen has any questions, you can email them in to us at justfinkin, so J-U-S-T-F-I-N-K-I-N at gmail.com. And if you happen to email, we'll answer any questions everyone has. Sounds good. Have a good night. See you next time. Bye-bye.